Hello, I'm Ian. And I'm Darren. And welcome to the Average Bikers in a Cave, a show where a group of bikers chat and share opinions about all things motorbike, from news, reviews, interviews, and the big questions. If you like what you hear, then be sure to subscribe, tell your friends, and leave us a review. Today is episode three, and along with our usual catch-up, there are a few new bikes that we'll discuss in the news, and we'll tackle this week's big question. How do you buy yours? Please, to pay for your next bike. This week's episode is sponsored by Afterground, an exceptional drone, wedding, portraiture and events photography and videography company that specialises in capturing video and images on the ground and in the air in a style that is modern yet timeless, interesting and vibrant with a focus on accelerating moments and pure fun. Using their experience, skills and knowledge, they will work with you to ensure your videos and photos exactly the way you want them. For more information or to chat to the team, head over to www.afterground.com or check out their Facebook page. So, check in. What's been happening this weekend? Do you know, it's been a pretty quiet week. Um, I've... um been annual leave for my other thing that I do. So, and my wife's made me work the house all week. So, to be honest, I know, I know, I know. Although I am get currently constructing a Ducati out of Technic Lego, which is quite good. If you'd have just left it at that, you'd have been mightily. I know. Impressed. I shouldn't have really said the Technic Lego. Which is that. Um, sorry, I'm just constru- currently constructing a Ducati. You can edit that out, can you? I'll just uh, cut that bit. Out. And uh, um, we're just gonna take a wee bit of time, which is good fun. Um, 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 I, we were just talking there about how many M's we said, so M, 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 M. Episode 2 should have been named the M episode, which obviously M- you... Episode two. The episode 2. <laughs> uh, so yeah, from my checking point of view, very little. Um, I have been having a wee look at the new Triumph Bonville range, we'll talk about more about that in the news, I think, but uh, just uh, kind of thinking what would I, what would I kind of go for, and... Um, what's quite good is my we're thinking about. Oh, I don't know if I should say this because this would be a surprise for him. Uh, John, if you're listening, can you close your ears just for a wee second, please? Um, <laughs> we are thinking of a for his birthday getting him a CVT and all that sorted. Oh, nice! Because he will not go off his backside. He wants Aye. to do it, but he'll not go off his backside and do it. So, do you want to know the scores, John? Look away now. Yeah, please look away now. Yeah, there we go. What about <laughs> yourself, Dan? Uh, pretty much the same, mate. Other than the annual leave and then being made to work at home. Um, it's um. See, I told you we're yeah, really good at those. I think now that we've got it in our head, I know no. it's just there. Let's change it to P. P. No, maybe P, no. P. No. It's been uh, work's been quite busy this week, so that's kind of kept us preoccupied a little bit with some stuff. Kind of continuing to look in at some of the camera stuff that we've got yes. upcoming. There's a new drone which, out as well, which, which we, looks quite which, exciting. Yeah, which we would have did today had it not been the fact that the the lovely blue skies that we've had all week mysteriously went grey for some reason. So and there was that kind of strange kind of wet stuff fell out of the sky that, this morning. Yeah, that kind of, I don't know what they call that stuff, but yeah, that stuff that kind of gets the day, you. The day uh, I take my, my bike to work and leave it outdoors overnight is the day. It gets, happens. yeah. We'll have, we need to do a, an episode on rain gear. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely living in this part of town. Um, but the only other thing I've done this week is a friend of mine, his wife, who... I mean, I'll not mention names, but his wife bought him a CBT certificate for, not an actual certificate to say, there you go, your pastor did it for you, but a kind of gift voucher to do your CBT. That's good to know. Right, and I'm going, God, that's the 
that she's a keeper. So he's not even sat the CBT yet because obviously things are still being yep. shot and all that kind of good stuff. But he's already been looking at his first big bike. And I'm going, that's my kind of guy. Yeah, good that's on him. It. Good on you, fella. So he's been asking, he's been pinging me back in questions kind of this week about Triumph Tigers versus GSEs and what would be a good bike for him to look at. And I've kind of sent him off to look at some YouTube reviews and all that kind of good stuff. So um, other than that, it's been... It's been fairly quiet, which isn't too bad. Next week should be a bit busier. We've got exciting stuff next week. and Well, I've got exciting stuff next week. Um, but, aye, other than that, it's just... I'll not, I'll not go into what I do, because it's, it's, uh, it's... Especially <laughs> folk are eating while they're listening. So, <laughs> we, did, uh, we did say this before we started, that uh, check-in was going to be quiet this week, because it has literally uh, been just flat-out work. And, you know. Although I did notice on the way here, at the Triumph Glasgow showroom has got its for sale sign up the building so they are, they are definitely moving premises by the looks of it oh are they yeah I know it was announced so that they were going to move premises but stay but I don't know where they're going to move to I might be worth looking at for a further episode and that's really interesting like. because I would have thought it's, it's it, obviously people listening some may know some may not yeah but the the local um, Triumph garage is in a, a kind of an industrial estate an industrial unit um, yeah. and it's coupled with Ducati and then so across the, the road we've got, owners it yeah. together, and then across the road you've got Harley Davidson so it is it's like a little bike corner of mm-hmm. that, that whole estate so I'm surprised they're, I'm surprised they're moving at that one because they're, uh, to me they're very they're two different types of yeah. And it's and it's super, super visible from the M8 so it's like oh you can't miss you it you can't miss it you so cannot miss it it's a, a, but I do believe from uh, a couple of the guys I was talking to about it, they know the guys in Triumph and, and then Harley say that the rates are just horrendous. Oh, is that what it, uh, so, well, you know, that might not. I don't and know. Because they, they are fairly new buildings. They're fairly mean? new and uh, I think there was maybe some sort of agreement to share with the, you know, because Harley and was in there as well. But obviously, I think they're getting a wee bit of, a wee bit of, kind of financial things and then they, they, they get bought over by another franchise owner. So that person's obviously looked at the, looked at the books and actually, got, do you know aye. what? I appreciate you're helping prop up the Harley side of things, but you know, uh, it's probably find a better location for you. you know? Wh- whether it's still within there, but just off the main main road because the rates just because it's quite a big industrial road. estate. That aye. there is loads of bits up and but then there's there's like there's Linwood, which is not well, far away, which is all car garages. Can maybe do a bit of a bike presence, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. And there's a few places kind of popping up, so it could could be anywhere. I. Watch the space. We'll yeah. keep an eye on that one. Keep an eye on that one, like you it's, know. Um, I had another thing there when we were talking about that, and I it's completely gone from my head. It'll probably pop up halfway through this, yeah, and I'll be like, oh, wait a minute, I remember what it is, and it'll just, oh, that's what it was. There you go. We get a notification this week that the IEM guys have been given the go-ahead to go back to doing, because obviously we've came out, uh, or we're allowed to yep. kind of move about the country a bit more freely now, so the IEM guys have started the proceedings first couple of zoom sessions to kind of go through just so that we can all familiarize ourselves with each other again oh, and some of the kind of basic good. stuff that you might have forgot if you've not been riding and then i think observe rides start middle of may so yay normality nice ensues that's something i'll need to get into aye. Aye, you, i think you'd enjoy that i think you really would enjoy that a few years ago when i had my, my suzuki and i was out kicking about and a guy that used to do that coming out with me and did that literally followed behind me and kind of gave me pointers and all that kind of stuff and I thought it was it was brilliant 
Aye. It was really helpful. I, 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 it's made, for all there's a lot to learn, I definitely find it makes my riding more enjoyable. Aye. Because not only are you enjoying the ride, but you're, it's technically, you're adding that technical Aye. kind of level exactly. to your exactly, riding. Yeah. So, quite clever. Right, good stuff. See, for, not, we, for all we didn't have that much to talk about, we've actually got quite a bit in there. Good stuff. And now, the news. I'll go first, since I'm going to play with it. Yep. When I say play with it, I think I've got 15 minutes to go and sit on it, touch it, and then they've got another 10 minutes to wipe it down before somebody else comes in. Aye, well, the joys of I... COVID. Um, we kind of alluded to it a bit last week, but Harley's new Pan America is out on its, the corner, I think the corner of virtual tour, but it's actually in the showroom, so I don't see how it's virtual when you actually go into the showroom and play with it, but there you go. Um, unless you don't actually physically get to touch it. I'll be raging if I've got to sanitise myself, get dressed at my usual midweek attire. Harley Spearmint Rhino Davidson. <laughs> you can look where you can't touch. <laughs> What's the point in that? Um, but yeah, so the, the new Pan America is out and this one's this one's intrigued me for a while um purely because um i know a couple of guys that work in harley and they had saw it when they were over in milwaukee and they were really kind of excited by it which again we've said this before but it is harley's first proper adventure bike which seems contradictory however harley are very keen to remind us that when they first started making motorbikes, there wasn't tarmac roads and things like that, so their bikes have always been adventure bikes. I don't think that's what constitutes an adventure bike in this day and age. However... If you think about some of your average Harley riders, you know what I mean? There's no way they would take their Harley off-road. Definitely not in any kind of loose gravel, because and then it goes. Uh, and then it takes two years to lift it back up. It's the first modern adventure bike, shall we say. Um, so it's a, a new engine that they've got in it it's a new revolution max 1252 cc v-twin engine that's in it it produces 150 horsepower which again first time i think harley's ever told you what the actual brake horsepower is because they they always more focus on the torque the torque in this thing is 94 pound foot of torque that's at about six and a half thousand rpm so to put it into perspective the rev limit on this new engine is twice what the stock Milwaukee 8 is, so either the 107 or the 114 mm-hmm. that you find in kind of modern uh, sport glides or street specials or yeah. any of the new Milwaukee 8 versions, this thing's twice the rev limit on that thing. So they're definitely making a big change with these new engines. Now, Harleys have always been a bit heavy, shall we say, characteristically heavy, but fear not, they have put this thing on a mad diet. It's 245 kilograms wet. Now, that's four kilograms lighter than a GS. That's that's, that's, ambi- that's ambition um, on their part. It's made of candy floss. <laughs> I'll tell you I'll tell you in the next episode <laughs> <laughs> when I've actually maybe got to touch it. There is a special model, um, which is slightly heavier at 258, but in the grand scheme of things, 258 kilograms right. is not that heavy for an adventure bike. My 850 GSA... I think was running about that, and it was only a an eight hundred cc or eight fifty cc yeah. engine that was in that. So it's tall; it's about eight hundred ninety uh, millimeter seat height, which again we always refer to. However, for an extra six hundred pounds, you can opt for what they're calling ARH or adaptive ride height, which allows the bike to automatically lower by fifty millimeters when you come to a stop. 
So as the bike rolls up towards the set of lights, just before you go to put your foot down, the actual bike lowers the seat height by 50 millimetres so you can get your foot down. The Citroen BX. Of the Citroen BX of adventure bikes. Was that last week, didn't it? Uh, it was either last week or, or we've had that chat kind of here in the cave when we weren't recording. <coughs> that's, uh, <laughs> that's I, I like that. Because it, it does, because, you I mean, even at 890, that's tall. You right. mean, even I find that tall and... I'll be, I've got shorter legs, but I'm still six foot. Mm-hmm. Even I find that I could just, I can eat, a struggle. You know, I can, can you contemplate sitting on a bike with a leg like that? <laughs> no, it's nuts. And then and that's just the, you're looking at it and going, wow, fancy electrics on a Harley. That never happened. What happened there? You know what I mean? They've got somebody else in to build these things. So what you get in terms of electronics is you get hill hold control which I always thought as a bit of a fad until the first time I used it on my bike and went, this is amazing, because you can just double tap the brake and it stops and it automatically, it's like a handbrake, it's genius. Um, it comes with cruise control, corner and ABS, lean sensitive traction control, tyre pressure monitor, semi-active suspension, ride mode, six inch, full colour, touchscreen TFT, it's on a Harley. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm sure they've done it somewhere else and bought it. Now, here's the kicker. The starting price for this thing is £14,000. Sorry, I think you're going to need to repeat that, sorry. <laughs> £14,000. Now, that's the base entry model, granted, right? You would probably buy the special because it comes with everything you would probably want to add on there anyway, which is, again, your kind of adaptive headlights and your active semi-suspension. And all that. If you're going to use it like properly off-road or yeah, you just yeah. want to have that, you might but, have it there just, just in will. case, exactly. And that starts at fifteen and a half. Fifteen and a half grand. Oh, that's just that's mental. I'd I'd have added at least five grand uh, onto that price. Mental. Considering I, guess. I think bog standard GS you start about fourteen and a half and you get nothing on it. By the time you expect <coughs> it up, you can expect to pay about eighteen grand. Absolutely mental. But again, the rumours were about eighteen months ago that they'd taken the best bike, the best parts of other adventure bikes and kinda mocked them up into one kind of overall bike and that kinda seems to be the case but it looks at again once i've seen it and I actually had a sit on it and a play with it and don't get me wrong i'll be first in the queue for a test drive um i might have to try and fashion myself some very high heeled boots so that i can get on it and put my feet well i'll let you know just how tall it actually feels yeah because there's you I mean there's certain things out there that i think i think the gs feels quite tall but yeah Compare it next to the africa twin the old africa twin, not the new 1100 that's slightly smaller but the old africa twin the GS was tiny. The Africa Twin was huge. Even I struggled to get a leg over. Do you know what I mean? <coughs> you pardon the expression. But yeah, but just in case you have any figured out, I'm genuinely excited by this because I do think this, if they've got it all right and they've got it, if it, if it reads and sounds as good as it actually is, then I think this could be a, a little a little shocker. I, I think the only thing that might let it down is the Marmite looks. And the I fact that say, people, you, know, you said that last week about the looks, aye, it doesn't look like a no, bog, you know what I mean. So no, and people, a couple of people that I've spoke to that have seen it in the flesh, albeit and it's not as prototype, but almost before it went full production, have said it looks better in the flesh than what it does in the pictures. In the pictures, it does have that I want to say Mac Laurie about look about it. You know that way it's kind of big and square and boxy. Ah, yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. But we'll see. You know what I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see what it looks like. I'm feeling the, the I'm feeling excited about that because it, then it, it means you can have an adventure bike, but still be part of the hog community. And having been part of it, the hog community is a great thing. Aye. It's definitely 
it's one of the things that, that I like about Harley is that whole community. And you mean they are a great guy. Well, at least their chapter is. You mean they're a great bunch of guys. They, you mean they plan a lot of events and they do a lot of tours and all that kind of stuff. And it, it just has that buzz about it. Mm-hmm. You mean you can go into the coffee shop and the guy's sitting and everybody's chatting. And I kind of miss that not having a Harley now. But this way you could have the the best of both worlds and have that kind of proper modern adventure bike that's got all the gadgets on it and still be part of that community. Yeah, who knows? I'll be interested to see how it's taken up by that, that side of things. Absolutely. So what else we got, Ian? Uh, we've got the new Triumph Bonville update. Triumph have updated their Bonville range of modern classics uh, with some improved suspension, brakes, new engines. Uh, so about 20 years after they kind of re-emerged, Triumph have sold about nearly 375,000 Bonvilles, which is pretty decent going. It seems to have been there for... Ever. I know. I mean, it, it's it's like one of those bikes that I think, obviously I've got Triumph Street Cup, which is, you know, kind of one of the Bonville range, but, uh, you know, I don't think until I see them, I, I think it's a bit like that as well. If you if you don't see them in the flesh, you don't appreciate how lovely they are. And I know? think if you don't hear one in the flesh, I, I, no, that's so the one thing I did. Even, even coming in here, there was two guys walking along, uh, just, just around the corner, and just as they're coming around the corner, you could just see them going, what's that noise? What's that noise? You know? I, I, it's, again, it, it, I hadn't heard yours in a while until we obviously started our little adventure here. Mm-hmm. But I remember when Nicola's uncle bought his last year and brought it round. And the minute Paul went into the drive, I went, oh, he's picked his new bike up. Knowing very well it was a bonnie. Because you, you can just tell. Oh, I know. Absolutely love it. Um, the biggest change primarily is around the Euro 5 compliance. So they've got the new 1200cc engine, which keeps the same 78 brake horsepower. And 77.5 pound foot torque, but it's got to reduce the emissions output, so they're obviously just making sure that they kind of tighten their boxes with that. Aye, and for all we say it's 78 brake horsepower, that is pretty nippy on the wee they're bonnies. They're a light bike, they're, they're a really pretty light. light bike, you know. You know, that mine's not near that, and it's fast, fast enough for me, absolutely. Tron incident, yeah. Yeah, don't talk about Tron. The weight off the engine, it revs slightly faster than its predecessor. In fact, the, the weight in general on the bike's Pretty good news. They've reduced it by about seven kilos. And it's, it's seven kilos of a bike that was already light is pretty, pretty remarkable. Yeah, it still feels such a solid wee kind of beast. Aye. You know, it's really good. I think it's the fact that they are so compact. Aye. I don't mean they're small. I just mean they pack them really well. That sounds weird, I know. But, I mean, it's just, it feels like a little small retro bike, even though it isn't. Yeah, Do I know. I mean? it, it just, it's just got that kind of sense. And it's, I mean, it, sometimes I kind of think back to, you know, Something like the, you know, films like Godofini and all that. When you get the, the wads and then you get the, you know, the rockers coming up and the retro, you know, the other Bonville type bikes, you know, and you just think you're looking back to that age, but Aye. yeah, they've still got that lovely modern kind of sense about them. You know? Aye, they're certainly things that. Aye, and they're obviously and as you as you say, they're, they're new Euro Five compliant. Aye, so that extends the life of the Bonneville. Yet again, yeah. Do you know what I mean? As opposed to not going just, as opposed to just letting it die, because we know with Euro Four, there's some bikes that are just like the Honda VFR. Yeah, that's just that, they're no, they're no, re, they're not updating it to be Euro Five compliant, and it's an absolutely stunning thing. Love, I mean, I think I think, I think was it the first the first episode I talked about the VFR. And, you know, it's one of my it's one of my bikes I'd, I would like to have a, have at some point, just to even just for a wee while. Just um, there's new Brembo calipers on it for upgraded braking. And there's been lots of wee te- tweaks. Cruise controls now coming as standard. Good. Um, although I've just, you know, I've got my cruise control on mine, which is that wee plastic handle thing. 
Six <laughs> a wee thing. Oh, brilliant. Um, if anybody's listening there and don't have that wee plastic handle, it's brilliant. It's absolutely great. <laughs> Ian's, Ian's recommendation of the week. Yep. The wee plastic handle. The wee plastic handle. Um, there are model-specific tweaks across the bobber. Still love the bobber. I know. Making the standard model more like the current bobber black and also the Speedmaster as new forks and improved seats for rider and pillion. Speedmaster's one I would like an actual go of. Yes. I would quite like a go of the Speedmaster. I think it just Wait, sits the way you that that is your that, that is your rocker quadrophenia. Aye, kind of you know, kind of let's go and beat up the mods type things. You know what I mean? That's you know. I've seen a few folk riding them, and I go, that looks comfy. That looks. I think I think that to me is the. This is maybe not the best way of how it sounds, but it's it's what a, a British person thinks of a bike the way an American thinks of a Harley. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So if you if you've got your British head on and you're thinking about a classic shaped. British bike, you think, think? I think that's a good master. point actually, because we've we've obviously talked about the Harley and we've talked about the new Triumph, and I think you're absolutely right. I think Harley is to America, Triumph is to the UK what Harley is to America. I, I yeah. think uh, when you think British bike, I think everybody's first thought is Triumph. Yeah, oh, totally. I mean, it, it, mean was, it? it was it, it, it's 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 almost like the Jaguar of bikes in the sense of just that iconic British brand. Yep. Even down to the little Union Jack and half of the emblem. And I know, so um, which is, uh, and it's, it's all, I mean, my Triumph gloves, I've got the Union Jack on the, on the kind of cuff of them, you know, which is, um, which is just, it's just iconic, you know. And on a, on a completely unrelated note, the actual Kevlar denims are super light. I've got them. Oh, have you? I've got two pairs, they're brilliant. They're brilliant. Unbelievably light. And the, and the, the, the protection is brilliant. Aye. Yes. The D, was it D? Hen or D? Aye, something like that. Oh, I can't mean. But uh, aye, super light, yeah. Brilliant. Um, what have we got next? Uh, new KTM. <laughs> we'll just bite daft this week. Aye, um, new KTM 1290 Super Duke R. Um, again, now, don't get too excited. Um, but this is the KTM's new off-road centric Super Adventure R. Starting at 15999 It's got a 1301. More expensive than the Harley. I know. <laughs> I, I, I know. I've literally just wrote my argument. Everybody should buy a Pan America. Yeah, thirteen hundred one cc liquid cooled V twin engine, one hundred and fifty seven brake horsepower at nine thousand rpm, one hundred and one foot pound of torque, eight hundred eighty millimeter seat height. Again, no for us short legged individuals. Uh, wet weight two hundred twenty one kilograms, which is mega light. That is light, isn't it? For a 1290. Yeah, that's... I think it's going to be like, you know what, after shiny shovel. But probably the biggest change comes in the chassis. Um, I'm not going to pretend to know exactly what they've done, um, but after reading it twice, essentially it just sharpens up the, the cornering of the bike. Again, I, I'm not going to insult any technical people on listening to a podcast by trying to explain it. Um, some little tweaks here and that are... Making it slightly lighter than the previous version, and there are some new additions, such as again the new seven-inch TFT, which comes with connectivity for your mobile stuff right. like that. So they're, I think they're just they're just tweaking it slightly to bring it up. I think the biggest change is that change to the actual chassis, 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 um, just to make it that bit sharper, which is obviously ideal for the guys doing it or taking it pure proper off-roading. So yeah, nice new KTM. And uh, last bit of news I think we've got here, isn't it? Yep. It's the Dunn case continues. So if you, if anyone isn't aware of the case, I'll just explain. 
roughly what it is. On the 27th of August 2019, 19-year-old Harry Dunn was unfortunately killed in a road traffic accident near the exit of RAF Crowton. Crowton, is that how you suppose? Aye, Crowton. I think it's Crowton. In Northamptonshire. And a car travelling in the opposite direction on the wrong side of the road collided with him. And Harry died in hospital as a result of his injuries. The car was being driven by Anna Anne Scott Sakolas. Um, the wife of a CIA operative living in the, at the US Air Force station there. She admitted that she had been driving the car on the wrong side of the road and CCTV footage seems to support this. And the day after she was interviewed at home and she declared she had diplomatic immunity and the police apply to have, to have this voided. Yeah. And then for the next two weeks, the USA and the UK Foreign Office debated diplomatic immunity. And then on the 15th of September that year, uh, she left the UK on a US Air Force plane and from there on out, it's been back and forth between the UK and the US over a possible extradition so that the justice can be looked at. Even Boris Johnson reached out directly to then-President Trump. Still nothing. Anyway, the latest news, when the American State Department refused an extradition order, Harry Dunn's family started a civil case in the US. You know the Americans love that. Oh, Civil yes. cases, you know. And quite right. Um, uh, and the Sakulis, Sakulis had tried to have the case dismissed on the grounds that Holding the proceedings in the UK would be, uh, and this is a quote, more convenient. A judge has dismissed <laughs> that claim um, as she has previously expressed concern she would not receive fair treatment if the trial was in the UK. Um, the Dunn family continue with her civil claim and the battle to get justice for Harry. It's a bit, it's one of those ones. Would you start with that? I know, I, I can't, I can't, I can't even bear to think, you know, how you start with that. I just, I feel for that family so, so, so badly. I, I know. And to not have the ability to, to have that level of justice saved. I'm, I'm, I, I'm totally with the family on that. I think it's... What are things will change? We Obviously, America's new president coming yeah. in, I have no idea. But I hope they get some sort of... I mean, even in the last week, I think there's probably been more development on that. Aye. I think they agree or tried to settle it court, outside of court. The Dunn family have said no, no chance. It's not because it's not. I, I it's, don't, it's, it's not, not about st- the compensation no. for them. I know. I'm, I know. We always think about the Americans and litigation and all that. And it is all about. And you'll hear all these settlement out of court things. Um, but it's a very British thing. Yep. It's not. A, it's not about the money. No, it's about justice. It's about justice. It's about, and if there's if there's a way that some things can, you know, diplomatic immunity is, is a convenient. Why is it when we say that? All I can think of, and you know what I'm going to say here. The guy at Lethal Weapon 2. Of course, I. I. <laughs> Which, we're not, Josh, we're not obviously not walking with Diplomatic immunity. Aye, aye. So, um, that was not a good South, South African accent. No. And yours was his, so, to be fair. <laughs> and fair. Aye. Um, but, but, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think, um, I'm not trying to like, make light of the situation, obviously, for them. It's un- I just think something has to be done, and somebody has to take a stand to change those types of things, you know. I get she, I mean, she was obviously in the wrong. Yeah. She admitted she was in the wrong. Mm-hmm. Why not just face the? You know I mean, it's not. Uh, she's not as if she intentionally drove on the wrong side of the road. No, to, no, absolutely uh, to not. To try and endanger people. For a second, she was. And she was at the end of the day, she's going to need to live with that Aye. for the rest of her days, knowing fine well what happened. But the family need to have some but sort of closure and exactly. some sort of understanding that you know. And if you've got a, a group of American lawyers turning around and saying you say nothing, you cannot say anything. And I'm sure the woman actually probably wants to. Aye, quite possibly. Wants to sit down and hold her, you know, and say I'm really sorry, but you know, then you've got this American legal system terrified that litigation is going to come in and cost millions and millions, and you just do not get that sense of justice. It's a shame. 
It is a shame. Fingers crossed. Watch this space. And that was this week's news. We did, did have a lot of bikes this week. Yeah, we did. Yeah. And now, the big question. That's the best button. Not the greatest noise, but it's the best button. Best button, absolutely. So, with many of people out of there, out of there, out there buying new bikes or getting into riding, um, we thought we'd have a look this week on different ways to buy a bike. So, this week's big question is, how do you buy yours? Let's look at a few different options. Ian. Uh, so, buying new or used, up to three years old on PCP. Yeah. PCP, personal contract plan is what it stands for, if anybody doesn't know, um, as opposed to, um, I think it was an old 1980s name for some sort of drugs, wasn't it? PCP. I'll, I'll bet your superior knowledge on that. I know, I'm just thinking about the film. <laughs> There's the film Trading Places, remember, remember Eddie Murphy? Oh, and Dan there Ackroyd? is, there is. He says yep. something about I, angel dust or something like that, it. PCP. Anyway, so PCP has nothing to do with that. It's personal contract plan. Um, so how does it work? You pick a bike, new or nearly new or used, up to three years old, minimum price of 1,500 quid, and then you set your terms, usually between 24 to 48 months. Um, if you want to do the maths, that's two years up to four years. Just there you go. How many miles will you do each year? And this will affect your monthly payment because there's a final value kind of thing. Guaranteed, guaranteed value, a minimum value. guaranteed value. Most of the time, it's between four and six thousand miles. You'll see it all the time if you're looking to buy a car. You, you see yep. there's a mileage thing, and you th- you, quite often you'll see you know, that that is an incredible price for a car, and then you realise I'm not allowed to do any more than four thousand miles a year in my car, and you go, I'll do that in a month. Aye, and I think most people listening will know or should know what PCP yeah. is because a lot of people they buy their cars on it, and it's exactly the same for motorbikes. Aye. I think, but for those that don't, aye, for those that don't, aye, absolutely. Aye. Deposit if any, then uh, your salesman will play with the numbers in terms of final payment to get your repayment to a budget that's suitable for you. I love that play with the numbers. Yeah, exactly. So, um. Any salesman out there, we apologise. We're not demeaning. No, no, absolutely not. What it's you guys do? We appreciate this wiggle room. Um, at the end of your contract term, you can either pay the final payment figure, part exchange, or you just hand the bike back, assuming it's in good condition and within the the mileage. Um, and you can literally go, "Thanks very much. That was great. I had that bike for three years, two years, four years, whatever it was, uh, and it was great fun. Cheers, bye." And you just literally hand it back. Yeah. Um, so here's an example for you: Triumph Tiger 900 GT Pro. Um, Gets a really good write up. Um, I've looked at that myself. Lovely bike. Thirteen thousand one hundred pounds. You would put down a two and a half grand deposit or two thousand six hundred forty eight pound deposit, four thousand miles per year, uh, with a, an optional final payment or guaranteed value of six thousand five hundred twenty. Thirty six months at one hundred sixty five pounds, brand new Tiger nine hundred for one hundred sixty five pounds a month. It's good for those in a budget that want a new bike and are happy that they never own the bike without a big payment at the end, or know they are going to trade up in a few years. Just in case your wife's listening, that's a brand new Tiger. Only at 165 pounds. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's good, as I say, good for those numbers. Things to be aware of, though. You never own that bike unless you pay the final payment. You must be fully comp on your insurance. So that's going to up your costs. Your excess mileage cost can apply and could be expensive. Um, do you know, don't know off the top of your head, Dan, roughly what your excess mileage costs are. Uh, I think, a mile or I think like aye, it varies depending on, well, where you go, who you go to. Who the uh, finance broker is, yeah. or who the PCP broker is, but it can be anywhere from four pence a mile up to even twelve pence a mile or twelve and a half pence a mile. Damage to the bike affects its guaranteed future value, obviously, and repossession is a risk if you don't keep paying because it's not your bike; it's never your bike. So PCP, 
I, I mean, see, when I went to get my triumph, I remember looking at that. One of the things I thought was quite good, and I'm pretty sure it's PCP, it's with, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure with PCP, though, you can you can pay more to it. Ah, you can tweak. You can tweak you, your payments. You can, you can tweak. But there's, there's, like a, there's like a maximum you can pay to it, but it works out the cost of your optional final payment. So if you wanted to add a bit extra a month on, you could start paying off your optional final payment. But when it gets to the end aye, of your you can, aye, term, you, can just you don't have that final payment anymore. Aye, because it's good. I think there's so many things you can do with PCP in terms of you could pay a larger deposit, which mm-hmm. I know a lot of guys or salesmen would discourage you from doing mm-hmm. because it's again, it's not something you're going to get back. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Other than uh, unless you knew but for a fact like me, you were going to trade it in. Aye, if I was going to take my bike, if I was going to take my street cup in, right, that's that's paid. It's just there's, there's there's no finance on it. Anything that says yep. I paid up bike, that would be my deposit, which is you know it's going to be more than. Two and a half, right, so two and a half grand. So but then that then means that you could keep the final option and reduce the m- the monthly monthly payment. The monthly payment less than hundred quid. Or for a triumph nine hundred GT though. Or you or oh aye, exactly. Or, aye. Okay. Or you'd pay <laughs> keep paying that and it means your optional final payment would be less. Aye, exactly. I mean, so you can tweak it as much as you Or I could just have two bikes. See, I'll, I'll, I've been in that position, yep. and I'm always an advocate of that, you know what I mean? Just as long as they're completely two different bikes. So I had an adventure bike and a Harley, completely two different bikes. Right. So I mean, you'd have an adventure bike, and then your Tron bike, as I'm going to call it. I'm a Tron bike, Two yeah. different bikes. Two different bikes. Easily two different bikes. What was next, though? Because I always get the, I used to get these confused with between PCP and... Higher purchase. Higher purchase. So buying a higher purchase, classic higher purchase is where you can, you pick whatever bike you like up to, I think it's 12 years old usually. You pay a deposit and then you spread what's left over an agreed period between 12 months to 60 months, so a year to five years. At the end of that agreement, you pay one last monthly instalment and the bike's yours, done and dusted. Much simpler contract and you own the bike at the end. So you can pay a deposit, and reduce the monthly yeah. cost, but ultimately you're taking whatever the cost of that bike is. So if that bike's ten grand, you are just splitting up how you pay that ten grand. Yeah. You put a large deposit, it means you've got less they spread over the, the, the term of the, the agreement. Things you need to be aware of with higher purchase. You need to be fully comp insurance during the contract. Yeah. The finance company own the bike right up until your last payment. Repossession is still a threat if you don't keep up the payments. And you don't have any protection against the bike's depreciation, mm-hmm. unlike PCP, where you've got that minimum guaranteed value. Aye, so higher purchase, you don't. No, it's just so if you take that, if you get a bike at ten grand, let's take the, let's take the Tiger. Right? So you take that Tiger, and you pay that deposit. You pay that hundred and sixty-five again, only hundred sixty-five pound a month if you're listening over the three years, and then you get a minimum guaranteed value of six five two whatever. On higher purchase, you need you need to pay a much larger deposit. Yeah, to get that to one hundred and sixty five pound a month. Mm-hmm. At the end of the three years, you'd pay your last one hundred and sixty five pound a month, and the bike would be yours. However, the bike no, might not be worth six thousand five hundred and twenty pound. It might be worth five thousand pound, mm-hmm. and you're fifteen hundred quid down on depreciation. Right. Whereas with the PCP, you've always got that minimum guaranteed value. I mean, PCP is designed, let's be honest, we're no, we're no, we're no stupid, it's designed for you to go in and buy a new bike. Right, to get yeah. a new bike. I wouldn't have the bike I've got if it was never PCP. Right. It's designed for you to say, I'm getting near the end of my term, take it in and they, and they wiggle your numbers to get you another bike or car. 
Yeah. Uh, and if and if and for people that like to just know budget things, I think PCP is a great thing because you know what your monthly payment is, as long as you can afford the payments. Yeah. And that's very important. Don't don't ever take something out that's a stretch for these kind of things because of all the risks, like you know repossession and, and all these kind of things. Aye, you know. and your credit score and all that kind of stuff. Just it's just you're absolutely right. It's not worth the risk. But and, it's, and I don't I don't I would I probably don't mention it as as much, but there's a shortfall if something happens to your bike. Gap. Kind of what gap stands for. But essentially, mm-hmm. you're right. If you if you buy a ten grand bike, drive it to showroom, it's instantly a thousand pound cheaper. Yeah, right. And if you have a smash at the very first runabout and the bike was a write off, you're not going to get your you're going to get the market value back for that, which is only nine grand. Mm-hmm. But you, you mean you're still paying ten grand? Mm-hmm. That gap insurance bridges what's yes. what's what's in between. So that would be the, the extra thousand pound. That's a good call. Gap insurance when you're taking out these kind of things yeah, is definitely, definitely a, that's both for PCP and higher purchase. Yep. You, sh- you should be looking at that. What other option have we got? So third one's uh, the option that, that, that actually you can have for just about anything you want to buy. I mean, well, obviously I'm wanting to a bike, but if you want to buy yourself, um, you know, a Fabergé egg, you know, and, and you can get one for less than twenty five grand. Is that the one with the toy in the middle? That's the one with the toy in the middle. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Fabergé surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if it's James Bond, it's got some sort of secret agent thing in the middle, is it not? Or a button. Or a button. Aye. That we don't know what it does. We'll never find out. Uh, as a personal loan, yeah. Personal loan, uh, you can borrow anywhere between 400 to 25 grand. Usually that's pretty much your standard personal loan rates, isn't it? Your payment term can be anything from 12 months to 60 months, sometimes more, depending on the lender. So there is people out there that will, you know, that will give you a longer term. But you tend to find that they're Interest rates are higher and you actually end up spending a lot more. Aye, although during first the end of the first lockdown, see the minute we came out of the first lockdown, there was some cracking deals and personal loans out there. There was, that's true. It was frightening, I know. some of the deals that was happening. But then your credit rating had to be phenomenal to get them. Aye, aye, you know? absolutely. Um, it's fixed monthly instalments and on the last payment the loan agreement ends and there's no deposit needed you get the money into your bank account and you can go in and pick up your bike and pay cash for it and the bike is yours the minute you walk out the the loan is unsecured that doesn't require the bike to be handed back or anything like that aye um, you know so uh, if something goes wrong the trouble with a personal loan is you can't terminate the agreement aye, you can't the option but to pay it back you've got to pay it back whether you still get the bike or not if somebody steals your bike the next day you've got to pay that personal loan back all the same guys running a transit van with bats Aye, exactly, aye. Depending on your lender, of course. Exactly, depending on your lender, aye. Uh, you've got no protection against bike depreciation, again, um, as, and as, you know, as we said, look, if, if the bike's scrapped, if the bike's nicked, if anything happens to that bike, you're still paying that loan, yeah. But then you're not tied into having to make sure that you get the right insurance or all those kind of things because you're not protecting no, and the lender's a, money. Aye, exactly. There's a, I've never, I've done a personal loan thing once um, where we'd been saving up for a car and then got a personal loan to top it up. Knowing fine well this was going to be a car that we were going to keep for a while. Aye. Because it was the whole, I mean, the kids were really, really young and it was the whole family thing. And there's nothing like, I don't even think I walked into a showroom. We walked into a different showroom and test drove them. And then I phoned and the two competing showrooms yeah. and got the best price. And then went, I'll take it on the phone. The first time I met the saleswoman was the day I went to pick it up with a banker's draft. Oh, banker, that's old school, isn't it? Aye, totally. And there's no better feeling and going in with a essentially what is a check uh-huh. just to go there you go it was like that was the moment where i thought yeah i definitely need to be a lottery winner so there is that but I, but what i will say is is i've been in the position where 
I've written a car off and still had to pay for it and still I mean, it wasn't a lot, but there was still a whole couple of hundred pounds left to pay on it. Uh-huh. And that's a kicker. You're paying for a car that I technically don't own anymore because it's been scrapped. Aye. I mean, just heartbreaking. When I, I, would, I didn't owe any money on it, which was great. But um, but when I bought, when my first Suzuki got run over by a truck whilst parked outside my house, right? Okay. It was written off. <laughs> and uh, I love the way you just casually slipped down in a conversation. Aye. When my Suzuki got crushed by a truck. Aye, um, well, I was a Toyota Hilux, so. Anyway, um, um, thank you very much um, again to my neighbour for taking down the, the registration of that cab as it drove away. So, oh, did it smash it and just keep going? Aye, it just went away. In I, fairness, they actually got out of the car, looked at it. Oh, did they? Aye, and then just drove away. It's not as if he hit it and went, oh, I must have clipped the curb there. You know I mean, Aye, I mean, he if, just he, went, if he'd yeah. just driven away without going out of the car, but the very fact that they went out of the car saw it was now lying in its side, crushed. And then, anyway, the money you get back on the bike, you cannot buy the same bike. No that amount of money. No. You know, and you're just like it's it's a kicker, you're right. So to have that money back and that and if that was on that was on financially be like that. Well, that's it. There's my here's my eighteen hundred pound back from my insurance company, but I owe two and a half grand. You just be like oh, because someone else because somebody else wasn't paying attention. Aye. And that's as opposed that's the difference between like PCP mm-hmm. or, or some sort of finance contract yep. that's against the bike. Yeah. Is at least you've got an element of protection in that yeah. case. Yeah, if you've got your gap insurance in there, you know. then you're, you're sorted. You're then just there you go, bum, 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 and there you go, and you can either get another one or change model. Yeah. Or and I think there's, there's like gap insurance that will take up the price to get you another one of the aye. same age, but there's a, there's there's insurance products out there that will get you. Oh, there's loads of insurance. Aye. Get a new one. If loads you want, of insurance you know, products. You know, so. Aye. Yeah, but read the small print and everything. Final one. Save your pennies. That's the other option. Well, there is, there, there's, there's other options. There's win the lottery. Do you know what I mean? Rob a bank. Aye. There's, you know I mean, wait for a wealthy relative to, I dare say, either give you or pass on to the next life. But essentially, if you, you know I mean, saving saving your own money, putting it by every week. Yeah. And, uh, and actually, I can imagine, I mean, I've never done that, but I can imagine the ability to save, if you save the money up for your, say you managed to save up 15 grand and walked in and just handed a check over for your Pan American, you'd be like, That'd be a lovely feeling. Aye, that'd be, I think it'd be a, a well hard, a hard, well deserved feeling. Do you know what I mean? But I think yeah. the fact that you saved it up and it would say it's taken you two or three years to save that money up, uh, I think it'd be quite hard to part with because you've held on to it that long and you've watched it I go totally. and go. It's, 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 it's a typical thing, isn't it? When you've got a lot of money in your wallet and you go to shop and you can't find anything but when you're skinned. You can, everything, aye, everything, everything's attractive. Aye, exactly. So, yeah. aye, saving out your money. So, again, as we've said, short of winning the lottery or robbing a bank. I mean, the good thing is, is you're not going to be in debt saving. Aye. Circumstances change. Mm-hmm. You've always got that money there. You're no left with a bike that can't help pay the mortgage. You know, always dip into your savings. You're less inclined to probably overspend if you're saving money. On the flip side, though, you probably... There's probably more chance of you sacrificing your dream bike. So say my dream bike is twenty grand, right? Mm-hmm. Say it's a Ducati Diavel, twenty plus grand, and I'm saving up for it. By the time I'm getting to about the twelve, fifteen grand mark, I'm thinking, wow, there's a lot of nice bikes out there for that kind of money. I could Aye. go and buy a Pan America. I could go and buy a Bobber Black. I could go and buy a. The chances mm-hmm. of you going, do you know what? I can't be asked saving for another year to get that. I'm probably just going to go and buy that one. Yeah. So you're probably more inclined to sacrifice your dream bike 
because of the zero. I think so. I, I think you're right. And, and you know, un- unless you've got a job that you can see fifteen grand up in a couple of months, you know what I mean? But then who's, get, who's getting that kind of job? Don't know. Right to think, it's probably no legal anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think you're right. So I think I think I mean certainly for me, we, we live in a culture now where you you, you budget for these kind of things. So uh, if you're going to budget for these kind of things, in my opinion, take the ones with the best protection, whether it's PCP or HP. You know, if you if you think my I, I can afford hundred and fifty pound a month, you know. Yep. But also remember when you're doing that, you've got to pay for your insurance, you've got to pay for your mm-hmm. you know, your service and all these kind of things. So take that into consideration. I'd like to see bike either franchise or manufacturer or, or showroom. Give you the free service and stuff and all that. Throw in exactly because you look and you go buy a car, there's certain deals out there that you can buy a car and it comes with all the the mm. servicing that comes with two years insurance and all that. Or, you, or you can buy a servicing package. Exactly, and it's all thrown yeah. in to this easy one lump, one monthly payment. Have you yet to see a bike, and maybe I just haven't been looking, but have you yet to see a bike company go, well, do you know what? You take this bike on a three-year deal, we'll throw in free servicing for the three years and we'll throw you in your first year's insurance. I've also yet to see a bike service that is cheap. Oh God, aye. You know, when you're servicing a new bike, you've got to obviously go to the dealership and, you know, it's not it's not a cheap thing. No. So people will say, I don't want to put people off obviously, but, you it's know, something um, you need to factor if, if, in. Um, if, if you're listening and you're, and you're um, convincing, you know, your other half that um, I want to get a bike because it's cheaper to run and all that, maybe get them to go and make you a cup of coffee or something just now before we say this. <laughs> So um um you know so um we'll give you a couple of seconds on you go send them through get them to get your quick coffee brilliant okay have they all gone amazing right it's no cheaper is it let's be honest guys but who cares because we love our bikes aye, aye, exactly but if anyone asks of course it's cheaper aye yeah. it's, you mean again <laughs> depending on what bike you buy you're right servicing aye. you're going to factor it in because after a thousand miles you've got a service and it's a, which, it's, it's, it's a biggie which could be two it's all the tight three four hundred quid depending aye. on what bike you buy absolutely and then. At least every year. Aye. And then, you know, if you do another 6,000 miles, which is easily done, if you've only got one bike, 6,000 miles is easily done. There you go. There's another service, which is, again, is going to be... I mean, I know the Triumphs now, there's a 10,000-mile service interval. Oh, that's good. So you get your 1,000-mile really break-in good. service. Or a year. So yep. so think to yourself, yeah, you've, you've got your thousand, you've got your first break-in service, and then it's 10,000 miles. Or a year. Or a year. So... You know, unless you're unless you're really hammering that bike, you, you're you're servicing once See, a year. To me, again, including that as part of the deal, and you probably can buy a service pack for the bike. It was never discussed with me when I bought my Triumph. Do I you know can't I mean? remember. I don't think it was discussed with me when I bought my Beamer. I think it might have done when I bought my Harley. I might have talked about it. Hal- I mean, Harley are super customer focused, aren't they? So I suppose it's the kind of thing, if anyone's going to offer it, I would expect Harley or somebody to offer uh, it. I mean, it'll still cost uh, money. Uh, but I think overall, though, I think it's still cheaper. They did offer you gap insurance, and I think uh, legally, from a financial thing, they have to offer you the gap insurance, and if you don't want it, you need to waiver it and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, so. Of course. Yeah, I think um, I think you're right. I think from that point of view, but it's, it's, a, it's a trick, I think maybe a lot of people are, or you're missing, or are going to have to start thinking about uh, if competition gets tight again. Because if you, I mean, if dealerships are going to administration or having to move their premises because they can't afford X, Y, and Z. Well, I think it's just those kind of things that have to drag uh, you back into that showroom. I think so, and I think just with the biker community getting larger, and I think it definitely is getting larger uh, since the since the start of 
lockdown, I think a lot more people have taken to CBTs and big bike tests and all that kind of good stuff. Either because one, it's a cheaper mode of transport and yeah. they didn't want to do public transport or they couldn't then weren't rely on it in case it went to lockdown if they need key workers, etc. I know we've yeah. talked about this loads Aye. in the news. Or it's whether they've had that disposable income that they've went, do you know what? Life's too short. There's a pandemic. I go to the gym four times a week. I'm as fit as a fiddle, but there you go. I could have got that virus and I could have been floored in the hospital, floored <laughs> respectively. And then obviously not having holidays that year, they've got disposable income. And they're then suddenly going, well, I've got a disposable income. Life's too short. I'm going to go yeah. dirt. And they've went I, out. Or they're, not, or they're just not going out as much. They're just not spending as much money. So they've got the money sitting there. They think, actually, Aye. going out and getting hammered every weekend with my mates. I'm not missing it as much as you know, as much as much the media would have you believe. But there's lots of people out there that are not missing Fridays and Saturday night sessions in the pub and going out. And all. They're, they're actually not missing it. You know? Aye. Yeah, and they're appreciating simpler things, you know, and being out on the road on your own on a bike. You know, for all these are technically advanced machines, it's a simple, amazing feeling just to. Oh, there's just nothing to have like that. it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Nothing like it. But I'd be interested to see, based on how much the market's share or how much the market's grown versus possible companies with administration, what the deals are yeah. like out there. And again, with everybody bringing out new bikes, and they're all, I don't want to say much or muchness because they're not really, but again, if you were out with 15 grand, there's a whole rake of different bikes you could get. Incredibly good bikes you could get, absolutely. And it's really... Do you know what I mean? You know, what, what differentiates and one bike from the other? And it's going to be all these add-ons. It's going to have to be all these add-ons coming in. Well, you take... The two we talked about today, or two of the two we talked about today, are the two adventure bikes. The Aye. KTM one and the Harley one, right? They're both run about. Is it roughly the same Roughly price. the same performance. Gear to you know. Gear to Roughly the same performance, etc. They've. I guarantee you they'll have all the same kind of tech... I mean, they both get touchscreen TFTs and all that kind of good stuff. They both have ABS and traction yeah, control, control and, and rider like. modes and all this kind of stuff. So the only thing that's then differentiating it is either one, one bike really doesn't feel great ah. to the rider, which mm-hmm. can happen. I know when I went to buy my first 125, I looked at the Yamaha and I looked at KTM. The KTM just wasn't comfy for me. The Yamaha was. I think... When you get to the bigger bikes, it's slightly different because the seats are bigger, tires are bigger. You mean everything? <coughs> but still, you, st- you you get a sense. I mean, I, I've after my Suzuki, I had a Ninja, you know, and I was never as comfortable in the Ninja as I was on the, on the Suzuki. You know what I mean? Um, and that's just just so it's just a feel of it. Yeah, the Ninja was a what? bigger bike, a more powerful bike. You think all, all a lot sexier. It your should be. Would you call it? Um, you know, in, in that sense. But for some some reason, it just didn't feel like my bike. In the way, in the way that the, the Suzuki if did. both bikes feel exactly the same, though, it then comes down to what is the best deal, what is the most attractive deal, and that's where the garages are going to need. Because I think that's going to be the case. I think it's going to get to a point where if you're in the market for a sports tour yeah. or an adventure bike, a sports they're, bike, they're all going to have the same whatever, toys. They're all going to have the same feel gonna, to them. Aye, it's going to be. It's going to. It's going to get to a point where it's going to be either completely night and day. You're going to hate it or you're going to love it. Right, one versus the other, or you're going to love both. When you get to that point where you're going to love both, or even one slightly different from the other, that's where they're going to need to get really competitive to say, well, hang on, we've got this deal. And it might be lower APR, it might be servicing included, it might be first year's free insurance. Yeah. Which, to people nowadays, especially new bikers, insurance might be a, uh, might be a Aye, puncher. Absolutely, because even, you know I mean? even you know, 
24, 25-year-old, if it's your first year on a bike, it's ex- the insurance is expensive. Well, I didn't realise it. Uh, obviously, coming late to biking, I just thought, this is great. It's so much cheaper. But obviously, I was a mature um, rider. You know I mean, in terms of I came to it really late. But you're right. I think one of the guys for the, the, the IM group had put in the, the WhatsApp group this week that I think his son had passed his CBT and went to look at 125. Now, I don't know what age his son is, but I'm assuming he's in that yep. bracket. 1,200 quid. I think his insurance would still be the same. It's, it's an age it's thing. It's an age thing, yeah, absolutely right. Do you but know what I mean? I think... Um, you factor that on top of a, a, a personal loan to buy a 125 or, or a higher purchase. Yeah, plus a gap insurance, you plus a, you know... And exactly. Then, and then on top of that, you then get your service plan to pay for. Are you, are you going got to go walk in once a year and healthy or 400 quid out for a service? Aye, it then becomes, you mean, it then becomes 200 quid a year for your insurance and all that added on to it, plus your consumables and whatnot. No, it's not that cheap. No. And if your missus partner's just came back in with a coffee at this it's point, it's honestly one of the most we're all lying. It's, it's cheap. It's the best thing chips. ever. Cheapest yeah. chips. Get it. Get it. Yeah. You know, everybody should be doing it. For me personally, I think it depends as well as what route did you start out on. That makes sense. For me, I started on a PCP route, so it's just easier to stay in the PCP route. That's why it's there. That's the, it gets you in that. It just, you know, it just you know what you're paying every, every month, and you just go, that's fine. And you, you, you just update your bike. Every couple of years, well, you mean a couple of years. You have a couple of months for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, every couple of years, you mean it means you can go and change your bike and you can haggle the latest deal on the latest bike and be riding it on a brand new whatever it is you want to ride it on that month. And that's that's the attractive bit to it. I mean, it does mean though that the bike's never really mine and any mods that I make to it, I ideally need to put them back to the way they were. Or I'm making all these mods to bikes. Like my last Harley, I made loads of mods to oh, that. You bought loads of bits and bobs. I bought loads of bits and bobs, you know what I mean? The expensive foot pegs and whatever, you know what I mean? The sissy bar, the whole shooting match. And that just goes with a bike because it's not as if I can transfer them onto a BMW no. or uh, you mean, a Royal Enfield. It doesn't change the value of your bike, that's the thing. It's nice it to have it in time, really but it doesn't change the value. It's the equivalent of spending that extra money in your car to get the panoramic sunroof or the panoramic roof cost you an extra five or six hundred pounds you know and then you take it to trade it in and they go but it's got that panoramic roof and they go and that means nothing Aye, sorry. it doesn't matter just four wheels Aye. and an engine Aye. and a chassis thanks for that it's again uh, i suppose it's good that there's that many different variety varieties of payment options out there because one not every you can't pigeonhole everybody um i know a lot of people that don't like pcp they actually hate it with a passion absolutely yeah but again it's, it's, you're right, folks. but it, 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 I think if, if I've, I mean, I'm lucky and my bike's paid off and everything, it's just, it's my bike, so I've got options when I decide to upgrade that, but because it's my bike, I, I don't really yeah, work with it. You've only got one option, buy a second bike. Exactly. So I thought we'd establish you know, that. I mean, that's true, that's very true. Um, it's £165 a month for a Tiger, that's... But if you listen, Susan. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but you know, but you're right. It, it's his, like, his wife is so not listening to this podcast this week. I'm telling all, you that absolutely. right now. I'm going to tell her we didn't record it. Um, <laughs> didn't work. It was technical issues. Um, 
Uh, see that wee button you've got for when people swear? Just go over it and aye, press the, it every the, time, the every time I mention that. Um, I think for me, because a bit like, you know, the feeling you've got of you owning that bike out, right, makes me kind of really reluctant to move on to something different. Move on to a PCP or an HP or whatever. See. And that, so I'll, I'll probably keep that bike a, a long time. I and love get, the bike. And you get that, but that's where you get the value. That's where you're getting the most value for money at that bike. Because it'll get to a point where it's depreciation almost stops. Level, aye, aye, it's, it, it stops aye, and it levels out and it then becomes the depreciation, especially your bike, because they don't make yours anymore. Well, they, I mean, they still make bonnies, but they don't do the street cup anymore. Mm. Your bike then, the depreciation's almost slowed down. Yeah. And actually, its value will start to, at some point, I would think the value will overleap. Now, whether that's 20 years down the line or whether that's five years aye. down the line, you don't know, but you would imagine that it'll, it'll start to kind of jump across. I know there was, a couple of years ago, I went into Triumph, believe it or not, across the road, and they had a CCM Spitfire, right? And it was the Scrambler one. I remember that one. Right in there. Sitting in the they, they were, it was... a limited edition, that one with a limited edition. Well, technically, they're all limited edition because the way they get around about the Euro compliance things is they only make lotted amounts. So the Spitfire Scrambler, I think it was in there, and it was a tall-ass bike. It was, it was a big thing, right? But it was, oh, it was stunning. That was gorgeous. Absolutely it? stunning. Gorgeous. They had it in there for, I think it was 11999 they dropped it to 10999 that bike was eight months old had two or three thousand miles on it and it had one owner that owner would have bought that bike for nine thousand eight hundred pounds and that just shows you that to me is the because they're only making so many x amounts it means that they hold the value so much better i mean now it could be they were just bumping the price up because it was absolutely stunning looking it was a thing of beauty but you go looking for a uh, you go looking for a spitfire not a new one because you can buy them new stuff for CCM. But you go for a Spitfire, a used one, still about the same price as buying a brand new one. Aye. So why would you not just buy a brand new one and then you can run it about and you would probably get your money back on it mm-hmm. if you sell it privately. Yours, I think, will do the same thing. I think it'll get to a point where the depreciation will halt or it'll not drop any lower, and you'll actually probably find that the, the market value of that bike will go up one because they don't make it anymore, and two, it is a lovely look thing. And it's a triumph. You'll always get spare parts for it. Aye, exactly. Aye. So, so you mean, and you'll not get that with PCP. You'll get it with HP if you see it through to its conclusion. Mm-hmm. You mean yeah. so? The only way to do that is to either buy the bike and pay it out, right, or walk in with a check or whatever. I'm just going having that well, bike. The one thing I would say though, I liked about the about the PCP, certainly when I when I was discussing triumph before it was bought out, right, was the fact that you can pay off that f- value, that you know final aye. value if you want. But but I thought it was interesting that the, you couldn't you couldn't pay off the loan bit of it. You could only pay off up to the value of the final payment o- over the period. Aye, you know. So so say the final payment was a uh, say the final payment was um I don't know six grand, right? Yep. Then you can only pay off a maximum of fifteen hundred pound. Aye, there's, a, there's always got to be aye aye it's that, aye you know? right. But then if you if you but it's, that's probably quite good if you've got a job that um like you. You can you can get more work or you can get more shifts and stuff on. So so you know you you've you've got a job you do your you do your five days a week, but there's loads of overtime and stuff you can earn. So you're like, ah, well, I'm just going to rattle in for a month of overtime and pay a big chunk of this final payment off, and that's probably where PCP is quite a nice option where when you, Aye, get, when you, you get extra money in, you just chuck it into that final payment. Yep. And, and just bring that down and bring that down and bring that down and either and you either bring it down so that you've got a better deposit for your next bike 
or you yep. bring it right down to the point that you've, you own the bike. Or your final payment's like a thousand pound, fifteen hundred quid. Or whatever. you can, or you can upgrade a year earlier. Aye, you know, you can upgrade in a year what earlier. Technically, when the loan part is counteracted by what you've paid in and stuff like that. Aye, aye. That, that you mean there's options for that point of view. Do you know what I mean? I just think PCB is a great way for people who have that or need that control on knowing exactly what's coming in and what's going out every month. There you go. And but make it affordable. Aye, and the, but want the want the nice bike, but don't want to pay four or five hundred pound a month for it. Aye. Do you know what I mean so that in three years' time they can say it's completely outrightly theirs? Knowing fine well when they get to the end of that term, they're probably just going to trade it in anyway. Yeah, aye, absolutely. And and remember, if you are looking at a bike and thinking of those options, all the web, all the 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 bike manufacturers' pages have calculators for all these things. Aye, so that's get, that's a real sense. I think that's the one thing that's been a good thing over the last number of years is they've started to put these finance calculators on there so that you can kind of play a bit with yourself. So you get a rough idea and that way you're not... Yeah, but, I, and, but always remember, they're always just a rough idea as I well. I still go into showroom and haggle. Go into showroom and haggle, but also, if, you know, if you've not got a brilliant credit rating, you might find you're an extra 10 or £15 pound a month because it's, it's a different company that takes on your payment or something like that. Aye, because you, you might find it's a different finance group. Aye, exactly, different. So, you know, it, everything's all, you know, don't take it as, as red, any of these things, you know. Uh, I think very, very rarely, even if you've got a brilliant credit rating, do you ever pay less than they tell you? But um, but certainly expect it to be a few pounds more, depending on, you know, so if you're a young guy going to buy a bike, you'll probably find that actually you're £165 for your Tigers, maybe 172 because your credit just, it's all about. And I think the other thing as well is shop a bit. Shop a you bit. Mean, don't and maybe that's where the personal loan option actually works better for you. You might get a better personal loan. Well, exactly, because there's no guarantee that the same, unless, unless the manufacturer has its own, like if they're funding it, uh, if they've got their own finance behind it, then you might find it's the same across the board. But even at that, still shop about mm-hmm. because you might find somebody is actually doing like a, a dealership contribution. So uh, you might find that you could go walk into two completely different Triumph garages, one's owned by one group, one's owned by another group, and group B are actually saying, well, if you buy a, if you buy a brand new Bonnie for the month of April, We'll throw in a, a, a twelve and a pound contribution from us, the dealership. Um, I know the manufacturers they do those yeah, things as well, but a lot things. of a lot of that can then hinge on you putting it. It means you can add a wee bit extra into the deposit, which brings your monthly payment down like or what? puts up your annual mileage and stick a couple of extra wee toys on it. Exactly, and I think the other thing about PCP with annual mileage is they must be snook up this year because the annual mileage for say a three year PCP deal. And you're allowed today five thousand miles a year. At the end of your term, mm-hmm. you can't have any more than say fifteen thousand miles in the bike. Yeah. And that, if you are, that's when you get charged say mm-hmm. ten Actually, pence a mile. You don't or have to do five thousand a year. You, you can do one thousand one year and fourteen thousand the next two years. Do you know what I mean? Aye, aye. And I think we us being in lockdown and very few people going big tours on their bikes. Aye. I think there'll be a lot of people will have reduced mileage on their bike. I'll be interested to see what that does to the market value in used bikes when you come to trade it in. Aye. If you're going in and going, well, I've got this, you know what I mean, in a year's time, you're going to go, I've got this 2019 bike, that's my term up. I was supposed to do 15,000 miles in three years. However, it's only done 10,000 miles short. Does that mean my, the value of the bike goes up or are they going to offset that knowing fine well that we were in lockdown? And all the bikes will be in the same boat. That'll be interesting. That'll be interesting to see. Remember when you get a salesman in to try, or a sales manager, or a 
a franchise owner in to pick their brain. Yeah. Get out there listening, you're, you're you might know tellers, right? Yeah, enough. No, absolutely. They're like, ah, it's all gone. <laughs> I'm going to share with a well, well, actually, my franchise deals will be really good, so pop in. <laughs> exactly. You never know. Yes. But I, I don't think there's much of a conclusion because I think it's personal choice. It's personal circumstances I think it is personal. more than it anything is. else. So, aye. It's not even personal choice, it's more circumstances, you know. Aye. I think I mean? if, if your budget's £100 a month uh, and HP's £175 a month, you're going to look at PCP. Aye, aye, that's exactly it. If you want the latest brand new shiny... You used to call it balloon financing, didn't you? I used to be that was like the old term for it, wasn't it? Was that for the actual finance agreement or was that for the people taking uh, it? People, uh, but both, to be honest. I, I, have no idea. Was, I think it was a mixed I think message. my first ever car was on a balloon finance agreement. I can't remember. It was that long ago. Um, aye, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a conclusion because I think each to their own. If you're willing to take a bike that's a couple of years older and pay it outright, then go for it. Mm. If you want the latest and shiniest bike but don't have a great budget, PCP might be the way to go. I mean, at what Who point knows? is technology going to get to that point where it's n- they're not going to get much better? So a two-year-old bike isn't going to have much less toys than, than a brand-new bike? Well, aye, that's the thing. Unless tech comes... Well, and saying that, it's the uh, new RT, the new version of mine, mm-hmm. is now got this adaptive cruise control. I don't know if I trust it, but it's those wee things that are going to come. But I think you're right. I think cruise control and TFTs and all that kind of stuff will become standard at some point. Absolutely. But I, I think to me... You know, I know I talked about my wee plastic switch, right? But um, cruise control thing, you know, my wee plastic handle. Aye. But, uh, you know, th- for me, being on a bike is about being in control of the bike, no letting the bike control itself. Mm-hmm. And so at what point are the, all these toys just going to be things that you go, I'm not going to use them anyway? Until you use it the first time and go, oh my God, how I did I live that, without it? this? You know, absolutely, totally is that, you know. <laughs> Like how, like how hold control. Oh, how hold? I think I'm up for that. I'm totally <laughs> up for that. That's that's genius. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, this is great. I can write. That is genius. Stretch the fingers. There you go. I'm away. Well, okay. I was kind of. It was a kind of damp squib conclusion, but it's that's what it is. I think the conclusion is if you want a bike, you can get a bike. There's many Aye. ways to get a bike. So if you want Aye. one, explore them all and get a bike. And remember. It is still the cheapest mode of transport, without a shadow of a doubt. Absolutely. It's fantastic. Economical, um, environmentally friendly. Cheap to service, cheap to insure, <coughs> etc. Exactly. And also, you look really cool. I've got nothing else to add to that. I'm just going to leave it there. That's it. Episode 3, done and dusted. Um, Again, a huge thanks from me and Ian um, for listening to the ramblings of two average bikers in a cave this week and last week and the week before again your support for each episode is absolutely overwhelming a massive thank you to the lovely listeners out there um, for, for supporting us absolutely thank you so much guys and remember these are just the opinions of two average bikers and and uh, obviously we were talking about finance here um, uh, under no circumstances do we give anybody any financial advice whatsoever no. no, not at all. Um, you know, if anybody comes knocking on the door, none of this was advice. Yes, speak to a responsible adult. Exactly, yeah. So, which probably means no someday with a bike. So, <laughs> anyway, a massive thank you from us all here um, at the Average Bikers in a Cave. If you enjoyed it, please share and more importantly, subscribe. And if you want to get in touch with questions or a possible big question, then please email us at averagebikersinacave at outlook.com get in touch via our Facebook page or Instagram so we'll see you in the next episode so until next time remember only a biker understands why a dog sticks his head out the window Arroo!